Welcome to the Notes to My Legal Self, a safe place, an exciting place where we explore everything that matters to in-house legal professionals. And it turns out that in-house legal professionals uh, care about all kinds of things. They care about their career. They care about their skills. They care about their well-being. They care about their communities. They care, just like every other human, about all kinds of stuff. And this is a place where I have conversations with people who are out in the field, doing things every day, have things to share with us, where you have an opportunity to ask questions and be part of the conversation. Speaking of being part of the conversation, what I find is that you will get a whole lot more out of the conversation if you're part of it. If you're engaged, if you're asking questions, if you're commenting, if you're sharing your experiences. So, you know, you're here already. Make sure you get the most of it. Definitely engage. Definitely ask questions. Definitely say hello. Definitely comment. And finally, and as always, yes, on notes to my legal self. And we've now done close to 100 episodes have been recommended by you. Uh, folks you want to hear from, folks you want to learn with and from folks you want to have conversations with. So I encourage you to nominate people that are visible on LinkedIn and people who are visible in your life, people that have been personally helpful to you. And I encourage self-nominations. In fact, I consider self-nominations to be act of great courage. I find that people who find the courage to self-nominate, to raise their hand and stand up and say, I can do it, I have knowledge, uh, they're very enlightened and have a lot to share. So with that in mind, and without further ado, I'm going to welcome my fantastic guest, someone I've never met in person, but I feel like I know her. We've had many conversations on LinkedIn. She's been my support group during the pandemic. She's been supportive for many of you during the pandemic, before and after. Olivia, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me, Olga. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Olivia Vizacaro, and I am a former lawyer turned life coach for lawyers, and I help attorneys who are over the overwhelm live lives with less stress and far more fulfillment by teaching them things like how to manage their time, how to become more emotionally intelligent, how to set and achieve goals, how to set boundaries, how to stop people pleasing, indulging in perfectionism, procrastination, all of the things that hold people back from living the lives that they love. So I'm super excited to be here and talk about that with your audience today. Oh, I love it. And we have Matthew saying hello. Hi, Matthew. It's good to see you here. Um, and I encourage other people to say hello. Uh, we don't have to be, you know, too shy, but we could be shy. Um, Olivia, uh, you had, before you been working with many lawyers, many house lawyers, many law firm lawyers, uh, helping them to deal with all kinds of emotional adventures. Um, what were you doing before? How did you get up in the morning and started doing what you're doing today? What was the scenic route? Absolutely. So I always wanted to be a criminal defense attorney and went to law school for that purpose. And while I was there, I was working at a firm in, uh, I went to law school in the evenings and I worked at a firm during the day and things were a little bumpy. And I worked for a great trial attorney, but he wasn't the best business owner. And I got a little frightened about the security and the financial stability there. So I ended up going into big law, which is something that I had never envisioned for myself. And when I got there, I kind of started to look around and I was like, this isn't what you wanted and had a little bit of a panic moment. 
I felt like I had been pressured into that avenue for my life. And I started to really take inventory of why I ended up there. And it turns out I made that decision to get the approval from a lot of people in my life because it was the quote unquote responsible thing to do. So in that moment, I started looking around for other options. What did I want to do? And I've always been really entrepreneurial. So I decided that I wanted to start my own business in order to really take my finances into my own control and allow myself to practice law, but not be dependent on my former boss, which was like a little bit of a pipe dream. At the time, I was a little unrealistic about how much time that would take, but it set me out on this path. And through that, while I started to research and investigate what potential businesses I could start myself, I found coaching. And I don't know that I had ever had the the language, the vocabulary to call myself a people pleaser. I think that I would have just said that I went above and beyond and that I really cared and I took my job really seriously. But I started to learn that I was a people pleaser. And what that means is that you put other people's needs before your own. You do things out of fear or guilt that you wouldn't otherwise do if no one else had an opinion about it. And I started to see that I was doing that in so many areas of my life, in my professional life, in my personal life, really self-sacrificing. So once I started to learn this about myself, I wanted to gain the awareness of why am I that way and how do I change? And I just dove headfirst into coaching. I worked with a coach and it completely transformed my life. I stopped people pleasing. I really learned so much about why I procrastinated, why I was a perfectionist and how to overcome those bad habits. And then I started looking around and everyone in my life was doing something like that. So I wanted to help the people that were also suffering in the same way I was. Oh, thank you. I, I, I never heard that story. So that, thank you for sharing that story. That, that's, that's a very interesting story. By the way, you and I have a few things in common. I was in criminal law too for about a year. I was a, on the other side. I was a DA okay. um, in San Francisco for about a year under Camilla, uh, my law firm, my big law firm. That's the second thing we have in common. Send me uh, for trial experience. And I, I and I, I have to say uh, it was an interesting experience. I certainly enjoyed the trial experience, but you see a lot of commonalities between, um, you know, um, DA's office and, and big law in the yeah. way they are run there. You know, there is difference in paycheck, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, very interesting. Let's, you know, let's, you, you used a few words uh, that may be natural to you, but maybe not natural to some, certainly uh, not, not to me. They're not really part of my vocabulary. Let's talk about this thing called people pleasing. Like I, I kind of get it. Like it, it is probably exactly what it sounds like, but it probably has a little bit more depth than like a lay person like me would approach it, right? So tell me exactly what that means and maybe what is a sign? Like how, how, how do you know you have it? Like, you know. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that gets confusing with people pleasing is people are always wondering, well, I like doing things for other people. So they are confused. Is it people pleasing or am I just being helpful? Am I being generous and charitable? And you really want to pay attention to how what you're doing feels to you in your body. And I'm not a super woo woo coach, but you do want to check in and tune in with your emotions and how whatever action you're taking feels. People pleasing is an action that you take based on either an expectation that you think someone has of you or a request someone makes of you. And if no one had an opinion about it, you probably wouldn't do it. You'd choose to say no. You'd choose to do something else instead. 
but because you're worried of what they're going to think of you, because you're worried or afraid of a negative consequence, or you feel guilty because you think you should do something, a lot of my clients think they could help, so they should help, which isn't always necessarily the case. So you're taking some action, not out of internal desire, but out of external pressure. And it's going to feel like self-sacrifice. It's going to feel like abandonment. It's going to trigger a lot of resentment. So you want to pay attention to how that feels. A good example of this would be if your boss called you and you're supposed to go to your kid's soccer game that night, but they have a quote unquote urgent request and you're afraid to say no, or you feel like you can't say no. So you cancel, you call your spouse, you say, I'm not going to make it to the soccer game, even though that's really where you would want to be. But instead you prioritize work out of guilt or fear. So let's, let's unpack it a little more because we are in the service industry um, and, you know, and, and, and sort of obligations and people pleasing uh, may have a slightly different meaning and um, some, and in the, in your example, like the pressure could be a lot. The pressure could be actually, you know, you, you've been in big law, um, so I don't have to tell you how the world works there sometimes. Like that may not be you sort of doing, it's actually sort of an explicit understanding that that's, that's the ex expectation. And you may even have sort of real fear to open the door and see what's on the other side of it. So I'm just curious sort of in the context of providing services in the industry of overachievers mm -hmm. with really high expectations, um, and a history of almost everyone else, including yourself, overperforming. <laughs> like, that is a really challenging place to be. Like, it's not as easy. Okay, just go to soccer game and be done with sure. it. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why you're in business. <laughs> that is why I'm in business, right? Because let's be honest, it's very uncomfortable. One of the things that I teach my clients how to do is to take the intentional action they want to take in spite of and despite the discomfort. So it's going to feel a little scary. And one of the things that you have to start doing if you want to set boundaries and not people please and honor the choices that you want to make, you have to be willing to do it uncomfortably at first because you need to create evidence that the world won't stop spinning and that you won't die. It's the primitive part of your brain that's really trying to protect you from that fear, from the uncertainty of the un unknown, from the consequences. So you have to start taking baby steps to create some safety and some security for yourself. But to your point, there are expectations in the law. Normally, they're not super clear and we don't communicate them expressly. So I teach my clients how to define enough. You need to understand what your definition of enough work, responsive enough, productive enough, those terms that we normally don't define, we use vague definitions for them. And then we end up chasing the horizon and overperforming because we're not really sure what we're aiming for. So you want to make sure you define what responsive enough or what doing a good enough job is or what enough work is for a week. And then you can start to make decisions that are in alignment with that. You want to make sure you define it first. So you effectively have a benchmark and you're benchmarking yourself against the standard. Uh, that's that's really interesting idea. And I actually probably will implement it. I, I love that. Um, I want to unpack a few more terms. Yeah. I, uh, one term is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, again, 
self-explanatory. We all kind of know when we see it, but in the context of providing services and, you know, and I, I often use this example, you know, I'm sure all of us, you know, managed to meet that one lawyer who will agonize over a comma and will destroy yeah. you. That happened to me because I'm, I'm kind of loosey goosey with my yeah. commas. I kind of think that they are, you know, just ways to express myself sometimes. I, I know. Oh, like the <laughs> yeah, they, they make, you know, communications more interesting, just like my hands. So yeah. why, why not use them? So I've definitely had conversa deep, deep conversations about commas, and I, I, I find that amusing. Sometimes I find it a little stressful. But, you know, you definitely see perfectionism, and you also always hear this thing, well, you know, it goes out to the client who pays a ton of money for you. It's better be perfect. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, it's perfect in my advice. Maybe not commas, but definitely my advice. Um, so curious, kind of what's your definition? And then, like, do you have a tool to, I don't know, effectively – decide when you are perfect enough. <laughs> That's the great point, right? So again, it goes back to this concept of defining enough. You need to know what a good enough job is. And most people don't know what they're aiming for. So they just keep pouring more effort into things. With perfectionism, it appears in a couple different ways. A lot of people expect perfectionism to look like being a type A person with lots of lists and everything's perfectly organized. It can look like that, but it often doesn't. A lot of people who procrastinate and push things off and don't get started on projects do that because they're a perfectionist and the weight and overwhelm that comes from getting started on something when your standards are so high and really unachievable can be crippling. So you end up being paralyzed and you don't take any action moving forward. You'll also see people make really lofty plans for their day. I'm going to get to 20 things on my to-do list when if they were being really realistic and they did the math of it, they'd only have time for maybe three or four, but they make these really lofty goals and then they don't meet them. So they feel really unsuccessful and unaccomplished at the end of the day. I also see people, um, who indulge and waste so much time on the projects that they do. Even something as small as emails, you'll turn a 10 minute email into an hour long email because you're just agonizing over it being perfect. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to have to explain that one. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what I find, what I personally found over time helpful is the practice of forgiving myself. Uh, for, you know, there's like, there's a lot of messages in my LinkedIn inbox that I haven't answered. And I'm slightly embarrassed by that fact, but I've chosen to forgive myself because I really am struggling to stay on top of all my inboxes. Um, <laughs> and I find that to be very helpful. Yesterday, I had a conversation with somebody who has a side project who recently become a general counsel. And she said, Olga, I haven't been able to, I feel guilty that I didn't pay attention to my project um, because my attention has been on becoming a general counsel. And I'm like, holy crap, you become a general counsel. That's a massive transition. You are right to put all your attention there. I mean, go forgive yourself. Like just actually stand in front of a mirror, acknowledge that this happened and say, totally fine like tell that to i find that to be really helpful um but i'm just curious. Too. <laughs> okay I did, too. I did it this morning while i was getting ready i 
two instances just came up for me. One, I have a really strict way that I calendar projects and I just got distracted a couple weeks ago and I missed the deadline on something. I woke up the next morning, I realized what happened and I completed it immediately and I sent it off. But I was like, it's a mistake. I'm going to address what I could do differently to learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again. But same thing, like I had to be kind to myself. I was, I know you and I were talking earlier about my recent trip to Italy, I was there and I used a driving service to get from the Amalfi coast back to Rome. And they asked me to give them a review and it's in my inbox right now. And this is a couple from a couple weeks ago. And I thought this morning while I was getting ready, I was like, Oh, you need to do that review. And old me would have gotten in my own head and been like, it's been too long. You should have done it already. I would have felt really inadequate and really guilty and been disappointed in myself. And then I would have taken longer to do it right now. I'm just like, yeah, you're going to get to it this weekend. It'll be great. No big deal. Oh, I love it. We have some audience participation and some insights that are really interesting to share. Matthew is sharing uh, about that, acknowledging that some problems are in mind to solve and some really don't need to be solving. That's a very interesting thought. I'm just curious if you have a reaction. I'll give you a moment to read. Um, I'm, I'm not nearly as enlightened as Matthew <laughs> yet. I, I want I strive to be like Matthew when I grow up. Um, uh, so, uh, thank you for that thought. Thank you, Matt, for sharing. Um, Olivia, any thoughts of like, you know, I think forgiving is sort of your last step, but before forgiving yourself, there are a few other steps where you may choose to let go of some of the challenges. Absolutely. I tell people all the time that another person's urgency isn't your urgency until you decide to make it yours or another person's emergency isn't your emergency until you choose to pick it up yourself. And that's a thing that I see really commonly with the attorneys that I work with is that they're not realizing that there's a choice that they get to make, that there's agency that they get to exercise when it comes to people pleasing. So you always get to decide whether or not it's your problem to solve. A lot of times it isn't. And it will be uncomfortable for you to not intervene, especially if you're anything like I used to be and you wear that problem solving, firefighting, you know, solving the world's problems as your badge of honor. That used to be me. And it allowed me to feel really needed and really significant. But I also was doing myself a disservice by constantly overcommitting myself and working outside of my capacity. So you've got to know how to choose. I have a few more questions. We're coming to the end. I do want to talk because you, I, I, I receive your newsletter. I like an avid consumer of your newsletter. If you, if you ever wonder if you have a reader, you definitely have a reader. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, my next question will actually have something to do with, with what I read recently and I found enlightening. I, I believe I told you that. Because uh, if you like what you read and you get it from somebody, definitely let those people know. Because mm -hmm. as somebody who produces content and never hears from people, you always wonder if this is read and this is helpful and how mm -hmm. can I be more helpful? So I believe I told you that I read your stuff. I emailed you. you respond and I appreciate it for sure. <laughs> so definitely subscribe to Olivia's newsletter. I find it super helpful. Like It's like a gem. Like I look for, I look very I look forward to very few newsletters mm -hmm. um, and Olivia's is the one I, I, I look forward to because it, it reframes things for me and she's very honest about it and transparent and um, vulnerable about her experiences. And I'm like, yeah, I see you. That happened. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for that. Uh, maybe you can give more instructions how to get there. 
um, to subscribe. I also follow you on LinkedIn and, and, and you've been very helpful uh, on LinkedIn during the pandemic and after. But any other place and any other ways to consume your great things? Absolutely. So I have a podcast called the Less Stress Lawyer Podcast, and I give away so much amazing information in the podcast. It's really designed for you to listen to an episode and to be able to apply what I teach in your own life immediately. So definitely tune into that. I'm also on Instagram. If you head over there, there's a link in my bio and you can actually register for the newsletter that Olga's talking about. So my handle on Instagram is the less stressed lawyer. And you'd also be able to find me on LinkedIn. And if you go into my featured posts, there is a link there where you can sign up for the newsletter as well. So do that. I, I'm telling you, you will never regret because I, I look forward to very few uh, newsletters and, and emails. And this is the one that when I'm going through my mailbox, cleaning it, making sure that I'm on top of it and that gem comes up, like it gives me a smile every time. So thank you for that. You make a difference in my life. I'm going to acknowledge David uh, for his warm words and, uh, and a LinkedIn user. Um Love it. That, that uh, also is uh, talking about overcommitment as being a real challenge. So thank you everyone for engagement uh, in, in, and uh, letting us know how you feel and sharing your comments. Um, I'm going to talk to you. The last thing I want to talk to you about is you sent recently, I believe actually last week, um, this uh, email about boundaries. And you, you, you really gave it a lot of thought, what it means to like, what it means, what is boundary, what it means to have one and what is the difference with, with, between something that looks like a boundary and something that's not. I really love the whole sort of exploration of controlling yourself versus controlling others. As I get older, I realize the only person I can possibly control is this person and controlling this person is actually a full-time job. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. I, <laughs> you know, uh, so so that was very enlightening. And so why don't we start? Because I really want to make sure that everyone gets the benefit of that email that they may or may not have received. Like, what is a boundary? And like, like what is the definition of it? And what is the sort of fake boundaries? And how do you set them up? How do you set them up right? And, okay. and how do you think about this agency over yourself versus letting go of agency over others? So the reason this is so important, really the way to live a life that you love, one that feels really great to you is to be able to discern between what you control and what you don't control and focus solely on what you control. And if you're properly setting boundaries, this is going to help with that. A proper boundary is always about the action that you will take. It's about what you will do. It's something that you do to protect and take care of yourself. So you always want to format it in an if then statement. If they do blank. I will do blank. It's always about what you will do. So if you call me on the weekends, I will not respond until Monday morning. If you ask me to work more than 50 hours, I will say no. If you come over my house uninvited, I will not answer the door. If you talk to me and you know swear, I will hang up the phone. It's always about what you will do because we want to make sure that our boundaries are acknowledging that other people have free will. Most people set boundaries, fake boundaries or inappropriate, inappropriate, improper boundaries where they're trying to control someone else's behavior. They're giving a mandate. They're giving an ultimatum. And it's designed 
to control what someone else does, not to control themselves if and when someone else does something. So the trick here is really to focus on what you will do, not on what other people will do. And that shift is really transformative. Most people are saying, you can't talk to me like that. And you can't email me after work. And you can't stop by unannounced. And the truth is they can because they have free will. So we don't want you arguing with free will. We want you accepting it and focusing on what you can control, which is just your actions. I, I let it sink in. <laughs> that was a lot. Let's just let it sink in. Um, I like the if-then phrasing and this focus on what you can do. Because as much it, it's, it's acknowledging that other people have free will. It's mm -hmm. also empowering yourself to exercise yours. And I just... I love, I, I, I reread that email. You gave a lot of examples. So I'm going to ask you next, give some examples. Mm -hmm. In addition to the one, because you gave some really good examples. Like this sounds like a boundary, but actually not. Here's how you make one. Um, I read it a few times and I was like, there's a smart woman. <laughs> oh, she's going to be on my podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, I like, so another example would be if you ask me for money, I will say no instead of you can't ask me for money. If you ask me to host Thanksgiving dinner, I will say no versus don't ask me to host Thanksgiving dinner. If you don't complete an assignment, I will give you a negative review. Most people are like, you have to meet deadlines. You have to call me back. You have to do X, Y, and Z with an assignment. No one has to do anything. So you want to focus on the consequence that you're going to take the action that you're going to follow through with. It's also really important to make sure that it's an action that you're willing to take, because if you're not willing to take it, then your boundary actually turns into an idle threat, which takes you out of integrity. You don't want to be doing, doing that. You want to be making sure that you follow through with whatever consequence you decide on for the boundary violation. If you schedule meetings at a time I told you unavailable, I was unavailable, I will not attend. If you ask me to, you know, say something to a client that I'm not comfortable with, I'm not going to do it. Those are all boundaries. I love that. Um, you said something interesting, um, taking a, a, a consequence that you're willing to take, right? Um, so in, in, would you say that it's helpful to go through the exercise of sort of looking at the universe of responses? and deciding where you're willing to draw a line. Is that how you would do it or how, how, how would you do it? Yeah, you have to think about like, does the consequence actually create the result you want? So I'll use a, an example from my personal life and then one that I just did with a client. So my every Thanksgiving Eve, I create this huge charcuterie board at my parents' house. They turn their whole kitchen island into a charcuterie board. I really get into it. I have a meat slicer, it's a whole production. And that's what we have for dinner. I used to do it on Thanksgiving, but it's too much food. So I would ruin dinner. So now we do it the night before. And every year I put hours and hours and hours of work into setting this all up. And my dad, like clockwork, always comes home with pizza. And it used to drive me bananas. And, you know, a, pro a proper boundary would look like if you do this, I will stop doing the charcuterie board experience. But that's not a consequence that I actually want to take because the rest of my family enjoys it. And an improper boundary would be, dad, you can't bring home pizza because he absolutely can. 
It's also his house, so he gets to do whatever he wants there. So it's really not a place for a boundary. <laughs> But let's think it. <laughs> Your parents are not a place for, and their house is not a place for a boundary. Yeah, we all know that, Olivia. I think we had a version of a dad like this. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just, so that's one instance where my, like the consequence that I would take isn't one that I actually want to take. So my work isn't to set a boundary. My work is to be more accepting of my dad's decision to bring home a pizza. And I've coached myself on that to say, you know, I think my dad doesn't think charcuterie boards are like proper meals. So he's probably uncomfortable as the host offering only charcuterie board stuff, not having something else to snack on. So I've just started to accept it. I just had a client who came to me and we were talking about setting a boundary and her husband leaves food out on the counter. And we were talking about whether or not it's an appropriate place for a boundary. And it drives her crazy. She's like, it's gross. I think it's disgusting. It's messy. I don't want that in my kitchen. And we're like, okay, well, what are the consequences? And we talked about, well, she could throw the food out. But that kind of sets her up for a bad position too, because if she's buying the food and then there's not food in the house because she's throwing it out, like that doesn't really make sense. And then she's like, I don't think I want to get divorced over him leaving food out on the counter. <laughs> Isn't it like a lot of marriage conversations? Yes. Do I want to get divorced over that one? <laughs> no, no, no. Is, like, is this the deal breaker? And like, it probably isn't. But through our conversation about it, it turned into like, maybe you just need to manage your mind around the food on the counter. Like he clearly doesn't care about it. You do. So like, you can put it away. You can throw it out. You can also just nag at him. But I don't think that's also going to create the result that you want because he still, you can nag and he still won't clean it up. So you want to be really clear with, setting boundaries. Is it something you control? Is the consequence going to create the result that you want? And if it's not, maybe it's not an appropriate boundary to set. I've been married almost as long as I've been practicing law. Um, I met my husband in my last year of law school. We married a year after I become a lawyer. Um, the one thing I've learned from law and being married is that the only person I control is this one. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And the only person you have to control in order to have a really great life. But you've got to acknowledge that they get to do what they want. I say that it's probably the thing that I say most commonly in my coaching sessions. People will be complaining about someone in their life, whether it's a client or a colleague or a family member or a spouse or their kids or their parents, anything. And I'll just take a pause and I'm like, yeah, but they literally get to do that. You don't have to like it, but they literally get to. And you just really want to accept that it is something people literally get to do. And let me tell you, you don't want to have a really in-depth conversation with another lawyer about his quirky things that you perceive are quirky um, that are going on. That is like a really a quick conversation to know where I've had enough of those in my life. So sometimes, just let people be themselves. Yes. sometimes I choose to be happily married. Uh, let's just leave it at that. No, that, that is absolutely true. Um, Olivia, this has been a wonderful conversation. By the way, I've seen the picture of that board. It is a beautiful thing. I'm not going to ask you to invite me for dinner, but anyone who doesn't think that's a meal has a different challenge in life. Mm -hmm. uh, it is gorgeous. It's yummy. And, uh, good, yes. yeah, mm -hmm. and I would absolutely be game for that. So um, it is wonderful. Uh, and thank you for sharing the pictures of that on LinkedIn because I can vicariously live through you because I would never invest my time into doing it. 
but I can show pictures of my friend who do, and that makes me somehow <laughs> more complete by association. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. I, you and I can talk for a long time. I really enjoyed your insight and uh, really love your newsletters. If I didn't tell you to go sign up for them, do that. And LinkedIn is definitely an Instagram of places where Olivia shows up consistently. Uh, I have not actually checked out your podcast. I'll do that. But I'm sure if this is on trend with the other three things, I'm sure it's amazing. So I'll check that out as well. Um, we are sadly coming to the end. 32 minutes later and we are done. I want to make sure you give folks a one takeaway. Uh, we are approaching Thanksgiving uh, and holidays and people kind of rethink their lives and, and where they are and where they want to be. If they got nothing out of this conversation and you want them to make sure that they live with one thing, what is this one thing is? Absolutely. I'm going to leave you with the, the concept that really was the most impactful for me which is that everything you have in your life and everything you don't have in your life is the result of a choice you've made or a choice that you keep making every single day. The first episode of my podcast is called Life is Choices. It's a great one to listen to, as Olga said, during a time of the year where you might be rethinking, do you like what you've done this year? Do you want next year to be different? And if you do, you really want to start to awaken to the fact that you're making these choices. You're choosing to people please. You're choosing to be a perfectionist. You're choosing to procrastinate. You're choosing to maintain the status quo and to tolerate the things in your life that you're really not loving. So you want to become aware of those choices, figure out why you are making them. And then from there, you're able to start making really meaningful change. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, you so much. much. Um, thank you, everyone who joined and listened and participated. And I, I really appreciate it. A um, couple of things. I love the definition of enough and benchmarking against it. Uh, we do this in business. That's a normal business practice. Why not implement it in your life? If, you, if that's what you do to take care of your business, uh, why not? take care of yourself in the same way. I, I love Olivia's discussion about boundaries, definition of perfectionism and people pleasing. To me, those are very enlightening conversations. And really in the end of the day, I love that sort of empowerment of controlling yourself. It is a difficult thing to do. It's a work in progress for me, uh, but I find that work to be satisfying and actually fruitful. Um, with that in mind, we're gonna do this again with other folks who have a lot to share. And uh, we'll be joining podcasts and LinkedIn live conversations for months and years to come. If you know somebody that you want to learn with and from, definitely let me know. Nominate this person in the comments or DM me or email me or do something. I, one way or another, sooner or later, will get the message. Sometimes it just takes me a little time to get through all of them. But I, I do receive them eventually. Uh, Thank you so much for joining. Enjoy the rest of your day and definitely, definitely reflect on where you are, how you got where you are. And I love that Olivia's observations. What you have today is the outcome of the choices you made, the things that you invited into your life and the things that you did not invite into your life. And sometimes that's exactly where you want to be. And sometimes little tweaks will make a big difference. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye everyone.